And you start to pair off all these different strategies together and you can make really, really, really great returns that sometimes institutions can't keep up with because as a retail investor, you're smaller, right? So you, you can kind of uh, jump into, you know, meme stocks and things like that and push things out um, just because you're smaller. On this episode of Early Bird, Wayne Klump, owner and creator of Sleep Well Investing, Wayne joins the podcast today to talk about trading strategies that complement the market environment, including a look at economic trends and option strategies. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Wayne, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Stephen. Good to, good to be here. Good. I'm so glad you're here, too. Uh, it's a brand new year. It's January 2022, and we are going to talk today about tra- trading strategies that complement the market environment. But before we do that, Wayne, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, you have a very interesting background. Um, in, in about a 30 seconds, tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, uh, about your background. Yeah, I went from uh, working out as, a, as an automotive tech to owning an automotive shop to eventually uh, working in the financial industry and working for a hedge fund. And then now I've uh, started to concentrate more on helping retail investors and retail traders uh, create solid portfolios that adapt to market environments and things like that so that we can uh, kind of bridge the gap between uh, wealth management that's done at a high net worth level and uh, where retail traders are. Fantastic. I think it's definitely uh, an interesting approach. Uh, certainly as, as retail traders out there, uh, we can certainly relate, especially you have a really good background. You're not from the Ivy League. You're you're sort of like us as retail traders. I think it's certainly very relatable your background. Uh, yeah, you know, I've definitely had my uh, I've definitely had my my dips and my falls along the way, just because um, you know I didn't necessarily have the connections of yeah the Ivy Leaguers and and kind of uh, I ended up having to learn the hard way. You know, I've blown up accounts. I've you know, lost quite a few hundred thousands of dollars, but yet I've also made that uh, on the other side and much more. So it's uh, it's been an interesting and fun game uh, learning the way. But, man, I definitely know what doesn't work and I, I know what does work. So You need to learn both sometimes. And so it's good that you have both under your belt. Um, so, Wayne, today we are talking about trading strategies that complement the market environment. Um, in your own words, Wayne, how would you categorize today's market environment? Uh, yeah, right now we have, uh, 
you know, excessively low rates in, in real terms. So uh, our rates are not keeping up with inflation as far as like bond yields. So you've got a lot of a lot of debt monetization that's coming out on, on the bond rollover effect. And then on top of that, we've got quantitative easing that's now starting to slow uh, and is going to continue to slow. So we're starting to taper just a little bit, but in a, in a relative term from you know history, we still have a lot of easy, cheap money with starved investors for yields. So there's still a lot of risk on appetite and speculation going on right now. Mm, uh, it, it's certainly an interesting market. And anytime where you have speculation, there are a lot of risks involved, no? <laughs> um, yeah, especially. Yeah, so, yeah, right now, currently, uh, we have started to see some contraction and profitability from companies. And that leads to, yeah, a lot more speculation. And that speculation typically creates a lot more, you know, exciting rallies and also some dips, right? Now, what can, you know, kind of keep that at bay is a lot of quantitative easing and, and easy money and stuff like that. So it doesn't make the dips very hard. And then, of course, inflation also helps. Yeah. So um, really, when that comes to a halt, right, when actual business contraction happens, and then that easy money is going away, maybe even at the same time, um, then the, the game kind of ends and the speculation starts to really end. And then now it's, hey, who can get out first and the fastest? And that's, that's when it gets a little bit fun on the other side of things to the downside. Yeah, I, I, I think um, it, it definitely sounds interesting. Um, so, Wayne, as, as, the, as the year goes on and as you alluded to, you know, prices might go up, the profits might not be able to match that. Um, and in and, and so-called quantitative easing changes and a lot of the um, e, you know you know money that's being flooded into the markets maybe it's not there anymore um, will investors and traders have to sort of change their strategies um, in order to survive that market in the uh, 2022 year yes absolutely and um, you know this is something that when you're when you're a a market environment trader, right? When you start to see these these shifts, right? Sometimes you can get caught on on the bad side as far as the transition from one environment to the other. But these environments stick around for quite a while, right? So that's why it's nice trading environments. So something like easy money, low interest rates, lots of debt monetization, and a lot of government spending, and then uh, and then some business growth along with it is really, really, really good for the long investor. Buy the dips, um, you know, it, lots of risk on, right? It's, it's, it's very, very, very um, rewarding to be excessively risked in those time periods, right? Which is what we've definitely saw all, all of last year and everything, right? That is, is so, now where that starts to shift is when you start to see Maybe some of the internals of markets start to dwindle, right? Uh, you know, you start to see net profits go down or you start to see small caps starting to underperform. You start to see um, different risky assets starting to drop off. And then you really have just the leaders that are keeping on going. That is a totally different environment. And now risk doesn't necessarily behave, but more quality starts to behave or it starts to be rewarded, right? Mm -hmm. And so an environment where you're pushing into quality names during 
during dips starts to be beneficial. And then of course, then you eventually have that full transition where you may might have like a quantitative tightening or you might have uh, bond yields uh, starting to drop as risks and stocks start to grow. And that's when shifting and being a, a lot more defensive can be a lot more uh, advantageous. And then uh, you sometimes also can start going into Forex, right, to start creating uh, alpha as stocks stop being the predominant source of returns. And uh, now in general, you're starting to get like deflationary pressures um, or uh, alternatively, maybe even in inflationary pressures if you're dealing with uh, a different type of currency environment. So being uh, being adaptive to those market environments is is really what creates uh, wealth over a long term without taking on excessive risk, right? So, uh, uh, you know, right now, that's a really exciting time to be long stocks and stocks are on the tip of everyone's tongue, just like in the dot-com era. And then also back in, you know, the back in the 50s and 60s and, and things like that was where stocks were just in their heyday. But then you start to get some sort of like stagflation or things like like in the 70s or you start to get like a dot com type of situation or something like that where you can go 10, 15, 30 years and stocks not perform anymore. Right. But during that time, there are assets that perform and, and we can move into those assets um, and really be a nimble trader, right? And you can do that with options as well, right? Uh, there's there's different option strategies that work well. Can you uh, give me some, I guess, quick examples of some options strategies that might might work well for today's environment? Yeah. Uh, so option strategies that work well in in today's environment. Well, so far, right, we're coming on the backside uh, all year long of this recovery of high elevated volatility, right? So being short volatility and long the market has been a really, really beneficial play. Now that that's starting to turn over to the other side and we have some, uh, some quantitative tightening, we'll see general uh, uh, higher lows in volatility. And so being long volatility while being a little bit more market neutral can be a lot more beneficial and uh, and then you can start playing that kind of mean reversion and volatility. And then of course, as the transition fully shifts over to a contractionary environment, like what's potential in maybe uh, Q2 of 2022, mm -hmm. um, something that is a lot more, you know, put oriented and, um, you know, a long volatility oriented with, um, you know, selling rallies in the market uh, is, is a lot more beneficial. That's a good look at the market environment. When we return, we'll hear from Wayne about how to build a defensive portfolio in 2022 and strategies for retail investors. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email.
And now, back to today's discussion. So Wayne, today as we examine uh, certain trading strategies uh, that really complement the market environment, uh, I wanted to examine a, a few different, um, I guess, decisions that traders will have to make in 2022. Um, you mentioned earlier about having a, de a defensive portfolio. Could, could you explain what that means in terms of a strategy to have some type of portfolio which is defensive in nature? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the way that I kind, the, the way that I construct portfolios and even esoteric strategies, like what I did for a hedge fund, is I look at different types of strategies that work in a particular environment, and then I I raise allocations to them depending on you know some sort of metric, right? Um, where, you know, we look at inflation, relative inflation, and then, um, you know, growth in general as far as, you know, equities and things like that, right? So you can kind of look at that as a backdrop. And then um, what are we going to have to do in 2022 and what that defensive strategy might look like is looking at other alternative assets that uh, benefit from that type of environment. So for instance, if we get like a if we start to get a bond yield inversion right um that's typically really really uh really attractive to us dollars because us dollars will start to deflate during that time period because there's a contraction in the monetary supply right so you can start going into forex and long us dollars and long us dollars are typically a a challenge for uh, U.S. stocks because they're based in dollars, right? Um, and so that can be a little bit more defensive and start to shift a little bit of, of money into long U.S. currencies and then um, or, or bringing up a little bit of cash. Um, now, if we've got high CPI inflation, right, then you start to get a little bit more of a challenge, right, because then going into cash is not necessarily a good situation. So then, yeah, being long Forex would be one way to do it or going into a based current, a, a, a based asset that's still in US dollars, say something like gold mm. or a commodity base or um, something like, uh, like even Bitcoin. I know that that's kind of a hot thing right now, mm -hmm. but just something that's in the currency base when that's, uh, when growth oriented assets like stocks aren't going to be performing very well or be chopped around a lot. And it's you need to have something to offset the portfolio so you're not taking on excessive risk. Uh, you know, the current market environment is really, um, it was really excited for stocks. So there's a lot of long pressure and a lot of leveraged long pressure on stocks and even housing and things like that. And so as that momentum shifts to the other direction, there's going to be a lot of deleveraging that happens and it could also take place at the same time as a monetary contraction. And so that can really uh, create some downside volatility, which uh, creates a lot of opportunities for option buyers rather than option sellers. Uh, so yeah, something that's a little bit more defensive is just a little bit more long volatility, a little bit more Forex based on US currency if we get dollar deflation um, or just holding assets that are a little bit uh, that, that take advantage of that environment, say something like gold, or if we start to see bond yields start to compress like they have historically, uh, that would be a really good thing too if we're starting to get a deflationary pressure. The, the alternative to that 
that I that I haven't quite talked on yet is if CPI inflation continues to elevate, right, and 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 the U.S. dollar begins to devalue even against other currencies at the same time, the U.S. bonds won't look as attractive, and so they're they're not going to be a great place to move into like they have been historically because yields are already low and that effect on the currency is starting to happen at, at the same time. And so then the alternative is alternative currencies, right? Or even other countries' bonds rather than the U.S. bonds. So that's something to keep in mind too. If we if we keep in, if we look to have inflation stay higher for longer and the U.S. dollar starts, starts to weaken against other currencies, Right now, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Actually, the alternative is what's been happening. And other than maybe Q1 of 2022, it looks like Q2 and Q3 are going to be a much stronger dollar uh, on a world stage. Um, maybe not so much as far as converting into currencies. So uh, we should have a strong dollar for the rest of that year. Nice. Good outlook. And I, I really like how the usage of alternatives, whether it's Forex or gold or some of the other alternatives that you mentioned can be used in constructive a defensive portfolio. Um, when we look at certain trading strategies that retail investors use, especially those who are new to investing, sometimes, as you know, those strategies might be pretty basic as buying the dip or just following what other people are doing and the trend on social media. Um, what should retail investors do to sort of go beyond that? Or, or are those simply the best strategies that retail investors could trust today? Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point. There's so much good information out there. Now, of course, it's littered with some misleading information. As, as someone that came from you know, the non-Ivy League route, right? And and I went down many wrong roads, right? Uh, as I was learning, uh, there's a lot of strategies out there that look so enticing and are so believable and, and look like they're just gold mines, right? Um, and some of them are. I, I'm, I'm not going to say they're all, you know, um, garbage or anything. In fact, some of them are really good strategies because they can they they are low volume and institutions aren't necessarily in that spot or whatever. Um, the the thing is is that almost no strategy can you know lasts forever because the market environment changes, right? So we've got to be a little bit nimble to jump to a new environment. That doesn't mean jump strategies because strategies can actually, if they're dynamic enough and they're adaptive enough, can outlast those market environments very well. Um, but just like diversifying a portfolio, diversify your strategies as well. So something that I do is I have a passive portfolio, which is like what's available at sleepwellinvest.com. But uh, that that type of passive portfolio is then paired off with alpha generating portfolios that are like options oriented, that are faster moving, that can create high amounts of return, but can't necessarily handle the, li the liquidity of throwing a bunch of millions in it or something like that. So as a retail investor, you know, build up your book in a sense of like, hey, I've got this really great strategy. All right, fantastic. What does that pair with? What can offset that other strategy when when it's not doing a good 
uh, doing a good job at dealing with the market, right? And you start to pair off all these different strategies together and you can make really, really, really great returns that sometimes institutions can't keep up with because as a retail investor, you're smaller, right? So you, you can kind of uh, jump into, you know, meme stocks and things like that and push things out um, just because you're smaller. So in some ways, meme stocks are not totally a, an awful decision to make depending on the circumstances. <laughs> yeah, you know, if there's an extreme amount of short interest, right, and you're looking at the float and it's like, hey, they're going to get blown out, you know, uh, if if the market rallies. Now, something to keep in mind is that there's a reason why there's a lot of short interest in a, in a company, right? You know, it's fundamentals and the company is not a really sound company. So it's a speculative push. And just as any kind of speculative push, you know, to go in with all in, you know, 20% of your capital or, or sometimes crazy, like 100% of your capital or something like that. That's something that's a little bit crazy, uh, you know, and that's something that I had to learn on early on in, in, in my career is how much risk to take in, in specific strategies. So I used to, I used to and still do, but uh, short volatility and volatility derivatives, right? And that comes with a certain amount of, of volatility in itself. Like how much does my P&L swing on a specific trade, right? And uh, early on in my career, I, I was leveraged very, very, very high. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was borrowing other people's money and leveraging even more, right? So, and then eventually what ends up happening is just you get a margin call, right? When the trade goes against you just even a little bit. And then, of course, now you 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 blew up your account, right? And um, <laughs> yes, I've been I've been there, right? <laughs> so, um, something to kind of note, even with meme stocks, right? They might be good speculative bets, but uh, you know, keep it balanced with some of those other strategies that I was talking about. Like my long passive portfolio is significantly larger than my options strategies, and that's because it's it's my bankroll, right? You can't lose your bankroll. And as a small retail investor, sometimes, hey, it's only $1,000 or, hey, it's only ten grand or something like that. Like, I can make that back uh, through my job. And that's typically kind of the mentality behind it. So they're, they're willing to take a lot more risk. There is a point, though, that too much risk starts to actually degrade your account because of the, the leverage effect. Right. So too much volatility on a compounding basis can reduce it. So something that I love to use is the Kelly criterion Mm -hmm. to look at how much risk is willing to be worth it uh, for how much volatility there is. Got it. I think that's an interesting uh, thing to keep in mind. Um, Wayne, thank you so much for coming on here and explaining some of these really complicated trading strategies that complement the market environment. Uh, really insightful. Great work you're doing at Sleep Well Invest. Um, before we wrap up, I just have one final question, and it's the big question of today's uh, discussion. Uh, the question is, if your life was made into a book, what would the title be? Yeah. Um, wow. That's a, that's a, that's actually a really funny question that you asked that, um, I'm writing a book right now. (laughs) So the, the, the title of it is life is trading. And 
the the reason why I I focus down on that title is as I've learned to trade, it has you know money amplifies everything, and there are certain aspects of my personality and and that I see reoccurring things because I studied behavior in college also. This this reoccurring theme that happens in everyone's life, mine included, and uh, and really trading can teach you so much about life and yourself and everything. And I just kind of wanted to share all of my mistakes so that hopefully other people can learn from them and not take not not do them them, themselves. Thank you again to Wayne Klump for sharing your insights on investing. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.